good evening, good night, I should say. Good night, Cap, with you, Jim Davis. Goodness. It is that time of the week again where you come on to talk about whatever you feel like talking about. I'm just questions. Yeah, I got. I have talk. I have a talk quota uh, in me that I that Nightcap's here to help me meet meet that quota. Otherwise, my budget for next year is cut if I can't meet it. Use it or lose it. As they listen, I got to get the talk out. You got to get it out. What do I got to do? You know, I've had it in me since the the day I could talk, Mm. uh, which was nine months, according to. (laughs) Usually, usually within you have, you haven't stopped since. Uh, (laughs) You know, so uh, there you go. You know, you got to put in your hours. Exactly. Uh, of, of talk down at the talk mines. <laughs> uh, it's going to be one of those days, I think, because I'm definitely uh, in a weird, weird headspace just because like 20 minutes ago, I was like, oh, my God, is my cat all right? Am I going to have to make an emergency trip? Yeah, to the vet? there was a kit- possible kitten emergency <laughs> possible kitten moments emergency. before we went live. But yeah, thankfully, yeah, it yeah. seems like everything is all right. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, yeah, here here right now. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm we're going to get to some questions here in a minute because I've got a backlog uh, mm. of them from some of our Wednesday live shows, and they're really juicy ones about like what to do, what you know, how to have a boss fight that your players don't curb stomp, and also does mm. it curb stomp your players? You know that uh, that white whale of every oh. dungeon master. Yeah, sure. Finding that balance <laughs> may be the hardest thing possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but. Um, I don't know. I've, I've had a, uh, a tide of gaming uh, come in recently. Huh. And yes, <laughs> after a long stretch, long stretches of having to cancel or taking a week off or, you know, whatever, uh, I was like, oh, you know, here we are with back up to uh, a good quotient of gaming. Um, so it's like I got the session three of my open table. Uh, sea of dreams games going on it was kind of a it's been one of those sessions where like a lot happened in two hours and yet not a lot happened in two mm. hours and also like there were moments where the whole table super engaged and like this is awesome love it yeah great and it just you know whatever and then like five minutes later it's crickets except for me and one player who yeah. were totally vibing and everybody else is just talking to each other back and forth Eventually, crosstalk gets too much. We're like, all right, guys, difficult to DM uh, with everybody mm. talking. Uh, keep it down, please. Uh, you know, and also, I, when I check in and ask if you'd like to do something, now's your opportunity to voice something different uh, if you're dissatisfied with the current state of affairs. It's your game, you know. Um, and so, like, it's just one of those things where in two hours, it was like if I was playing D&D bingo, I would have gotten all of them, right? We'd have gotten everything. Uh, and so yeah it would have been a whole it would have been a, a, a full 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 board you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of, like it just every now and then you have one where it's like i really did get all the highs and lows of that you usually takes weeks and weeks for you're like man my these players just oh god their heads aren't in the game you know they just can't they just don't care mm-hmm. you know and then at the same time like they were really they loved it they thought it was the coolest thing ever so yeah that was fun um, I'm refining my prep and, and everything as I go. And I find that every week I return to my like DM notes and world building notes and I go, nope, too complicated. Mm. And, and just start like radically, you know, like I have the list of gods and cosmic beings that, that sort of like are in the background of this, um, this world that sort of shaped the ruinscape 
of the islands, as it were. So it's sort of like justifying how one or two gods theme each of the islands that they visit. Um, and they've, they've been uh, camping the undead-themed <laughs> island for three sessions now. I think some of the players are w w looking for something, uh, you know, varied. And uh, so I just look at my, my prep, and I'm like, all right, no, don't need that many. Don't need, don't need all that. <laughs> yeah. Don't need all this. Don't need all that. It just, you know, s simple concepts, simple hooks, escort a priest, you know, recover a relic. All right. That priest is going to want to go back there and perform some exorcisms. You know, gonna have to protect them while they do that. You know, that's gonna lead to one other thing. They'll spin off another quest. And the original priest is gonna want you to go deeper into the dungeon, recover some other relic, slay some boss monster or something. Gotta get rid of the cult somehow. You know, and then the whole process is, of course, clearing the god of the undeads, or sorry, the god of the underworld's mind of the influence of Orcus. Ah. And so that's sort of the, the, the metaphysics of it. Sure. Um, yeah. It's kind of cool. I, I'm enjoying it so far, but it's a. It's definitely like a different kind of D and D than like having a regular group that mm. you know knows one another and plays together all the time. You know, it's very different, but still satisfying. Loving it. Cool. So yeah, very cool. Like that. Yeah. Got some pin dragon in. Bought oh, two warships in pin dragon. Uh -oh. Just just like build me two warships. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go clear out some pirates. I need to know how to fight on the sea. You know. <laughs> Could was have this, done during, some warships for was that, this yeah. during downtime season or something? Was this yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a project I, or something like that? Yeah, yeah. We're sort of like, what's what are you doing for like over the winter and the next mm -hmm. year? <clears throat> and so I have a manor on the Isle of Wight. Uh, Gorthran does, and so I've been wanting to sink po uh, points into the boating skill because um, it's sitting there on the character sheet in a game of knights and tournaments. And like literally sets the archetype for, you know, like medieval fantasy, knights of the round table, knights in shining armor tropes of fantasy, right? Like this is the, you, you don't get more classic than Arthuriana and that's it. And I'm like, what's boating doing on this skill yeah. class, <laughs> right? I can see falconry. I can, <laughs> you know, I could see, uh, you know, courtly intrigue. There's romance and flirting. Both of those are justifiable skills, uh, and you know, <laughs> in the same way that like spot and search are in third edition, you know. But boating, mm, I don't know. Gotta find some sea serpents. Fight some sea serpents. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what I really hope. I really hope to fight a sea serpent or slay a sea serpent or something like that, because like I, I have Saxon in-laws, uh, their character does. <laughs> so I went to my in-laws and I was like. Why don't you take me on one of your next sea raids? Yeah, you know, the next time you just go raid the people back on the continent, just take me with you, and we'll and we'll see how it goes. And because Gorthrin is famous by the according to the rules, famous, like every there's like yeah, sure, well, whatever you say. <laughs> it's like if Jason Statham just showed up and was like, oh. take me, the next time, take me on your uh, <laughs> your raid with you. Well, you gotta take Jason Statham. Yeah, take him on the raid with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and his 70, uh, you know, incompetent, uh, <laughs> ill-disciplined knights that yes. he promised the Earl he'd whip into shape. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good Pendragon. Look at that. Our, our uh, Troika game continues. Mm. I think we're going on year two of that. Like, all the games I'm players in, we're all multi-year. It's kind of nuts. Like, it took us a year to finish a quest. 
<laughs> that Greg gave us. Yeah, that sounds about right um, for a Greg game. We don't, yeah, we don't play week to week as, you know, as often as we, we, uh, we Still, I mean, to. I've played in – you were talking about it feels like you did nothing, but it feels like something. I immediately uh-huh. thought of Greg in the time we spent two sessions oh, exploring yeah. a room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I, listen, I love a DM who's like, take yeah. as long as you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's how I DM usually. The, the, this uh, open table game is very different for me in that it's like, okay, guys, let's go, let's go. Yep, just give me a check. You know, we're we're, uh, we're moving right through it. Because normally I'm like, yeah, however long you guys want. It's our Saturday night. It's our yeah. Sunday night. You know. I remember spending an hour yeah. and a half opening a chest because there was yeah. a poison trap in it, uh-huh. and we were so scared of how to open it and figure it yeah, out. Yeah, and, yeah. I'm I'm usually the. Yeah. I, well, I, I'm a, I'm very much a, yeah. I just open it. I put my shield in front of it. Oh, you know that kind uh, of thing. It's uh, <laughs> so, a good way know, to get I, got in a Greg game. I I don't know. I, it's gotten me some invulnerability armor mm-hmm. uh, and some other things because I'm still cautious. You know, I've only ever had one original D and D character because I only needed the one so uh, far. You know, uh, it's playing I'm with pretty, fire, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also you know have a terrible character mechanically in troika like the lowest mm. stats you can have yes. for any of anything you'd want to do and so i try to roll the dice as little as possible good call I'm going on two years and i'm yeah i'm already i'm not my character's not even human anymore no one regards them as human whenever <laughs> they first meet them they're they're, they have, uh, they're covered in a living shell uh, so you know it's the kind of thing that you get when you just put things on that you find in snail themed sure. yeah. dungeons you know, that's how it you goes. Get. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. But if it if it's over the damage threshold, they take triple damage. Oh my goodness! So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I mean, it's literal. It's it's fine because it's the same way in Pendragon. I'm either completely fine and no one can touch me, or any attack that gets through is enough to kill me. Same same thing. I like it. It's very cool. <laughs> I wish I had some fighting skills to go with it in Troy. <laughs> but we don't fight anything. Mm. Uh, because that's not the kind of game we play. We rescue dragons, and we make life difficult for the hometown that our <laughs> kind DM has set up for us, where we murder the police and all kinds of crazy things. We just act like murder hobos because it's a midweek, late night game. <laughs> that's how Sometimes we roll. Sometimes you need to get that murder hobo <laughs> that's how you out. Roll. Yeah, you just need to get it out. You yeah. just be like, what did that NPC say to me? <laughs> oh, hell no. Oh hell no! He this has gone too stand. far. They have gone too far. Draw steel, good sir. <laughs> yeah. Draw space steel. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So yeah, trying to get psychic powers in that. Aren't we all? But to Aren't have all? yeah, trying to bootstrap myself into telepathy, but have not been successful so far. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Oh yeah. We uh, so we anyway. got some questions from chat. You want to answer yeah. some questions? Let's talk some questions. Yeah, I was gonna say I was I'm not seeing uh chat myself but uh, we got some everyone say hey to gaming at 30 who says finally caught you live that's exciting good times um we got a question from vinaku i've heard a lot recently about combat flow charts for new players do you use these or have any advice for creating them um i just did a quick google and it's kind of a like well what do i do on my turn kind of yes Ooh, i could actually kind of builds out yeah, that builds out, you know, here's what you can do. You can dodge, you can hide, yeah. you can attack. Um, yeah, yeah. Seems like a really great tool. I, you know, I personally use D&D Beyond, which does a pretty good job of laying out what you can do. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially, you know, sure. built to your character specifically. But yeah. Definitely, I could see 
laminating one or two of those bad boys and throwing it on the table at your game, uh, at your library game. You know, I think I have some things like that. I've got all kinds of little handouts. <laughs> do you know, things that people just you you know take take some of this at a convention or yeah. get it oh, as a freebie yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, so I've got several like one page, uh, you know, combat rules and such, mm -hmm. and like. I, what I found is that the, the players who I in my current game where I'm like, are, are you sure this is the third turn in a row where you've been like, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's, you know, there's just, just too many players and, you know, the combat's not going to last that long. And, you know, I'm, the player has, this player in particular has assured me don't sweat it, you know, so I'm not, but it is remarkable. Like I've, I've noted it, but he's also got D&D Beyond and is looking at all kinds of things on D&D Beyond on his phone, uh, mm. which is a whole other thing that I didn't anticipate, but was in, in hindsight is now obvious. It's like, if, if I thought the players looking at the monster manual under the table <laughs> was running was bad. Like, are you on D&D Beyond on my website? On your phone over there? So I just stopped sweating it and just tell them all, I nothing you read on that website is applicable to this game because I may or may not change it at my whim. <laughs> yeah, know? so you're always uh, new players now. Yeah, so so you know this is the player conversant in the rules enough to kind of work the way around it, but always seems to have no idea what they want to do in combat. Um, so yeah, I, I think like depending on the player, this could be great. I'm the kind of player where once or twice uh, that'll be useful. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more likely to try to just think of a thing to do and see how the, the game master responds to it and, and how the system, you know, like to just not even look at the options, the rules presents and just, I do a thing. And a lot of times that's where I start because I, I, my, what I find is that um, when I DM for players who are used to thinking rules first mm -hmm. and not fiction first, that it's very difficult to get them into that fiction first mindset to think about the game outside of just the mechanics. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Like the flow charts right. are great, but always remind your players you can do anything you want. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. You can use yeah, this if you don't know what you do, but remember you can do anything you want. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, these are the, it's, it's this, I, I, you know, speaking for the new player, cause I've been in, disposition many times where you're like all right i got all kinds of ideas about what i'd like to do but maybe i've played once or twice under another dm and they've been pretty strict or i've read somewhere online this is you know stick with these new you know new player friendly kind of thing um and, and you know for me like i want to know like okay well how if i'm going off rule what, what am I in for? Like, is this going to be a, a huge hassle? <laughs> you know, I've, I've certainly played with DMs where if you try to do things that aren't in the rule book, it's automatically assumed there's some kind of penalty or, or disadvantage involved because you're trying, you, you know, you're not using one of the default options. Whereas from my perspective as a GM, if a player wants to do something that's not in one of the default options, it's like, well, it's, is it worth an action? is my number one question mm. you know they, you know does it seem like it's worth an action or what are they giving up to do this thing what what you know what's the best case scenario they could be doing with their turn and if it's anything less than optimal i'm very generous with it. <laughs> a lot of times we'll just be like sure. yeah you can do this as part of your action yes you know or something else you know or you know usually it's like a, a called shot or something like that and I'm, i know i'm way off question but that's my prerogative uh <laughs> you know like <laughs> I, you know, called shot or I want to do something else with the, 
um, you know, with my attack or, or, you know, inflict some kind of condition or something like, is it, you know, is it better than the, the best spell they could possibly have access to? If the answer is no, then probably just, it works like, you know, for till the start of the next turn or until the end of the enemy's turn, or sometimes even just until the beginning of the enemy's turn, you know, it, it prevents them from taking reactions for this little brief period where it, you know, they can't move, you know, on their next turn or something. They're just temporarily uh, immobilized or something like little things like that. I'll do. And if the player is only locked into, uh, I could dodge dash, uh, interact with an item attack. That's the best one. Uh, any of the others are only good if I get a bonus. You know, like there's a certain mindset where, and I, I say that because when I'm a player, I have to fight against that instinct myself of like, well, I know the optimal answer here. Mm. I don't always want to go with the optimal answer because then it gets boring. Yeah. Uh, mm. And so I want to I want to incul inculcate in players. I want to encourage in players a sense that the world is what's in our heads as we imagine it together that's where the game's taking place that's where the world is that's where the the game is because that's where we're making decisions when we need to we go to this other level where the rules are but my preference is to stay up here where it's nice and airy and loosey and we could just vibe and have a nice kind of conversation and then every now and then when we want nitty-gritty or we want action we're like all right let's use the rules but sometimes i'm like we're not going to roll initiative or you know, this is how we're going to use this, or this is what zero HP means in the context of this fight. Like changes to those things based on where we're at at the fictional level is how I like running D and D. Because if I just run the rules, uh, I find it's a terrible game. I don't have, don't have as much fun, you know, as a yeah. DM. I, I want to have fun as a DM too. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. You know, I uh, yeah, we were talking. We were talking about flowcharts. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Again, but yeah, again, it's so. again with the caveat that hey, we might jump away from the, the flowchart yeah. is not how it's always going to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I put on top of it. You know, these are the default options. They're not Perfect. the only things exactly. you can do. That kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. We got a question from Let's Wobbit. Uh, hey, hey, Wobbit. How's it going? I've been obsessed with your Pendragon game and was wondering if it's a game that would work with just two, like me and my wife. So uh -huh. uh, a one-on-one -on -one hack, I guess you could say, for Pendragon. Is that a thing that exists, or do you think that's that's doable? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's imminently doable. Mm. Um, especially because Pendragon uh, really encourages the players to to create and cultivate multiple characters. And so there's always there's all there's there's never that weird thing in in a D and D game, for instance, where you're like, well, I really want to play a mage because they're they've got the magic, you know, that's that's where it's at. But I'm gonna get just smeared on the dungeon wall the minute I go do anything worthy of being called a D and D adventure. There, I said it. Uh, <laughs> you know, like you've got to run games you, and you can in Dungeons and Dragons, I do it all the time that involve neither dungeons or dragons, you know, they involve intrigue and mysteries and investigations and all kinds of things you can do with the game. And it's really fun to do in the game, but like the core of it, of like going into dangerous places and fighting monsters and recovering treasure and exploring the unknown and uncovering those mysteries, which you need a mage for, they're really helpful for that, uh, is party based. 
Pendragon, if the default assumption is that everywhere your character goes, they have a retinue, like they're never alone. And the rules are pretty explicit that there's always people following them, but they have attendants and guards and physicians. And so you have a wide pool of characters that both of you can pick from to play if your, your, your partner's main character, their player knight, uh, and you'd you know, presumably be GMing. You've got the great Pendragon campaign as a, a structure for that, that you could dip in and out of and use as much as or little as you want. And you also have a big resource pool of potential like characters to play so that if you want to have a scene or do something that isn't uh, suited to uh, you know knightly skills maybe it's someone else in the retinue maybe it's an esquire someone who uh, who is you know of noble birth but hasn't you know earned their uh, their spurs for either you know because they don't want to because it's too expensive or not inclined to but they have other skills that you could use for something or you play the spouse who has a whole range of skills and and all kinds of conflict that comes up on a knight's manor. Um, you know, do, do they own the manor or are they just you know just there for a little while until their lord brings them back? So it's like all of that to me really comes to life the fewer players you have, because Pendragon really shines when you can get into the nitty gritty parts about what makes this character tick, what are they fighting for? It's a very deadly game. Every time they enter combat. They ought to have something that they're fighting for so that they can rely on their passions, give them a huge bonus to survive that battle, win some glory, you know, get renowned, get a seat at the round table, have Merlin's ear, you know, talk, be able to, to talk to the, the king, write letters to the queen, you know, get titles, pass them on to their children, that kind of thing. That can really flourish and shine in, in a one-on-one -on -one game because you can hone in on exactly what you like, um, focus on those parts, skip through the parts you don't you know brush by them real quick it's easy to do a year and just a couple of die rolls in narration if you don't want to go questing or anything um and, and i think you could do really well a lot of the really a lot of the things in pendragon <laughs> seem weird because they're trying to justify why like five or six knights are doing this one thing <laughs> when really it, in the stories sure. it's just one or two nights yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> the individual quests. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Lancelot and all his pals. It's Lancelot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you get to do something like that. You could play one of the named characters of Pendragon if you wanted. You know, oh, one of the, you sure. know, if you really wanted to get down, you don't have to worry about another character being like, well, I don't get to play Arthur. <laughs> you know? So I, I think that could be really cool uh, to do. Sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We, have, the other, uh, we do. Yeah. We have questions from the encyclopedia. How do I justify playing D and D when I've got a newborn? Ooh, yeah, that's a hard one. Uh, D and D is a luxury of uh, your time. You know, it's 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 a a luxury use of your time, and we I I've had to practice this in my own life. Where there's plenty of times where my obligations to my family, to my job, to myself as you know a person supersede what i would love to do which is run a game and play and, and get involved in it really especially for like there's a time in webdm where it's like if i wanted to spend 20 hours a week gaming <laughs> you know like i could have you know all kinds of uh live streams and stuff that went on but then i'm you know that to me that's placing a leisure activity above things that you know that, that uh that matter and it's tough like adjusting to a newborn especially if it's like your first kid it's tough. It's like, to me, it was one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, I know this is a big change. Like I knew it, 
but until I experienced it, it was hard to describe. <laughs> like, like I, you know, I have no, I did no clue what was what I was in for sure. uh, before That's having right. a newborn. Yeah. You're not sleeping. You're not, you know, eating right. You're probably trading out, you know, sleep shifts and helping with, you know, overnight feeding somehow, getting the bottle. You know, you're doing all kinds of things where you're basically like a walking zombie, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. uh, with a newborn. Um, and I, you know, it's like, would you enjoy playing D and liked reading a lot about it. I, I bought the books and I'd make notes in them and I'd follow the discussion online at night when I should be sleeping. But you know, it was, a, it was probably six months before I felt comfortable, like taking the time away, mm. uh, to, uh, to game, but every kid's different. You might, uh, you know, you might be there sooner or later for you. So, yeah, I don't know. It's that's that I think that's my most honest answer. Cause it's, it's tough to justify it. Cause it's like, I don't know. I, I just knew for me, it's like, I wouldn't want to be running a game and look down and, and see like, Oh, this is how bad it is right now. Like our, mm -hmm. you know, our son hasn't stopped crying for two hours or something or, you know, like it's not, you know, <laughs> Emma could really use a hand at home. Uh, I just wouldn't, I, that would completely ruin the game for me. I would not, I wouldn't be able to run. I wouldn't be able to enjoy it. Um, so yeah, it, it took a while for me. Uh, to justify it because it's a leisure leisure time and I didn't want to feel like I was should have been or would be time would be better spent elsewhere yeah so yeah it's tough you know but you'll get back to it it's it's not it it uh, they eventually uh they eventually get out of infancy <laughs> yeah you know yeah. <laughs> they eventually start sleeping through the night and that'll make the game back even more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I think you got the sleep. Not having that. Yeah, your yeah. Head. yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I looking back on, it, I can't imagine trying to run a game uh, that during that time. Mm -hmm. Like it, it took, it took just, you know, the kid getting older and little, you know, just that much more independent uh, to be able to free up that time creatively, so that I'd mm -hmm. you know, enjoy it and not just be stressed about it. But I feel you, Encyclopedia. It's tough. It'll be, it'll be all right. You'll get through it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we have another yeah, question. Yeah. Reminder: Go ahead, ask any question you have. Any question? I got, some, yeah, we got, we got all kinds of things to talk about. But we have a question from to wait. My barbarian, which I have talked about before, is part of a criminal organization. I see him wanting to use his influence as a budding adventurer to open up avenues to do this. How do mm. I talk to my DM about this in such a way that I can do this while not overdoing? And how would you mm. handle it if you were my DM? Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I like a bar like that's cool. I, yeah, any any sort of uh, juxtaposition of concepts I, I kinda like. So barbarian criminal is uh, especially like you know like a thieves guild type criminal organization sort of what i'm imagining um so it's like one of the ways i can see this is like you know you're one of the perks of adventuring is that you take the adventurers take this risk uh to go into these dangerous locations and stop these supernatural creatures and magical beasts and the like and are rewarded with you know, powerful magical objects and magic and spells and, and all kinds of things that I could see a, a criminal organization wanting to get their hands on. And like the only other way is to know some wizard or 
cleric or or to steal or steal it from someone who's using it you know like it did criminal organization really want to get their hands on a crystal ball by stealing it from the diviner you know <laughs> that's a that's that's not good but you could get something like that you know from a, an unscrupulous adventurer or two who are willing to sell these magical items or provide them uh, for other services rendered and the like. Uh, so that's kind of one one angle I can think of, of, of just like Barbarian is a source for that, and that gives them power within the organization, right? If it, Barbarian's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm the only one who's going in here and uh, getting these things. I'm the only one who's got this access. Uh, so, you know, you have to come through me. Uh, and then, then that's uh, that sort of power. But uh, I, would approach, I would approach it as like, what what do you want out of it what are you hoping to get um is there something about the criminal organization that's already tied into the campaign or would this be something that the dm's having to either create themselves uh or or bolt on to uh, the existing campaign so what i would do is, is on your part as players like find ways that you can either suggest like maybe it's connected to this that's already been in the campaign or, or maybe it could fit in here um you know some dms are pretty protective of world building mm -hmm. because in a traditional rpg that's sort of where they get their enjoyment uh out of the game um but you know for a lot of dms like you know me included if i have a player who comes to me with like hey i've got this idea for an organization and how it kind of works and it's it's especially if it's not um 100 detailed the player just has some cool ideas and they've sort of thought through them and, and and shown like that they've given some thought to how it connects to the campaign as mm -hmm. it exists that man that's like all all right dude like yeah let's do it yeah <laughs> yes you know it's, it's hard if a player is like hey i want to do this thing can you figure it out for me yeah <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah like, that's sure, one thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's one thing. But if it, it is, it, it it doesn't have to even be fully. It doesn't have to be fully thought out. It mm -hmm. has to be seeds. thought out enough that it's, that you yeah. yeah that you can the seeds are there for the DM. The, you know the DM's gonna have to make it work, and and you'd want them to right. Like you don't want to know everything about this organization and what it's up to and everything because what you're asking for is like fold this idea of mine into the adventure, and. It, then it's on the DM to mix it in enough so that it's not becomes the central. So it doesn't become the central focus and, you know, the campaign becomes about the criminal organization. So that's kind of on them to make sure uh, it, it doesn't become that. Uh, Cause then you run the risk of it not really being your thing anymore. Mm -hmm. If it becomes the central thing, but if it's just the side thing, if it's just something that comes up occasionally when you're in town, I would handle it like a downtime action and some custom NPCs, and then you know what what benefit are uh, you know are, what are, you know you as the player? What are you looking for? Um, is it is it influence within this organization? Is it um, you know what are you going to use that influence for? Um, and then really from there would be you know that's just kind of step one. The rest of it we need to play out and and see how the campaign goes for for us. But that's how I'd handle it. And I think if you come with something that's thought out and integrated into the campaign as it is now that that's really the best way like i don't really know many gms who would be like no mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like, i can imagine it but i don't know it's such a it's it's one of like having an engaged player is just one of those things where you, but like you, you want to do everything you can to 
to encourage and, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and foster yeah. it within. Yeah. Uh, I would say double yeah. check in with the other players that they're okay with a criminal barbarian being in their party. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, yeah, it could be one of those things like, wait, we're not necessarily down with being, you know, ne'er do wells, scoff yeah. laws and the like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could be that uh, this is one of those things where I, I, oh, sorry, kitten. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> that's the other one. Uh, <laughs> uh, where I like to remind players that, like, this is where thinking, Mid the medieval part of the fantasy is helpful because criminal is such a modern thing. <laughs> Out outlaw is the word you're looking for, <laughs> right? Like that's the word that we're that we're that uh, that is really salient because an outlaw is one that was denied the protection of the law, and the protection of the law prevents nobles from just killing you. For instance, uh, they have to have justification for it, and that justification might be flimsy. But it nevertheless is justification. But like someone who's an outlaw is regenerative. You might just be an outlaw by virtue of where you were born, like beyond the borders of this land, which to me is what I think of when I hear barbarian. But mm. you might be thinking of it more rage-based fighter uh, <laughs> that D and D plays with. Um, so yeah, like I, I think um, it could be really cool because you think you say like, well, you know, what's the purpose of this organization? What makes it criminal? in this particular context um and and to me i think like thinking in terms of the medieval nature of it of how what we might consider criminal was just everyday business back then uh, nepotism bribery <laughs> uh kickbacks all kinds of things that we would see as like criminal corruption and all things that's just how life was i mean even even up until like you know 200 years ago or so that was just the normal course of things uh, it still is in many parts of the world um and so that you know you, you might think of it in those terms is it's criminal because the rules and you're conceptually you're thinking about it but how do the people in this world really see this organization uh, what what makes it uh criminal in their eyes because that might color a lot of things and it might be like well it's not criminal they're just bandits you know, well, they, the, the land, this land around here sucks for farming. How else are they going to eat? Um, they just have to take it from you. So that's, you know, I don't know. That's to me, that's what I, I start thinking of in terms of like party clashes and making it fit is, uh, is like, um, you know, is, where, where can we blur the lines um, of this conceptually? And I, I, I like to go to history because that's just what I know. But uh, there's other ways too. You can reimagine it in different ways. Mm. Yeah. You might not even need to. It might just be the straight up mafia type criminal organization is what you want because you're just playing with those concepts and ideas and it works. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, so that's all we have right now from that's chat. All right. I think you I have a, a list few. as well. You got some questions? Well, we got yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a few right here. So uh, over on our uh, YouTube live stream, we've had if we've been chatting the last few weeks just about like monster tactics mm. and the concept of morale uh came up in in one of them and so that's what i talked about last week and so we've just got a, a ton of uh really cool questions and i wanted to to uh to answer a few of them if only because i think it makes for good talk and as we stated at the top of the show uh for those of you who weren't listening uh, or weren't here we got some talk to get through so let's see. Here's, here's this is one that, that came up a lot. And, and I think it's like a lot of groups struggle with this. And it is, have you ever dealt with players taking captive enemies uh, to prisoner jail 
what's a good way to play that out over time? And I like, first off, just the idea of your characters taking captives, right, or prisoners, because to me, it's one of those things of, of like D&D or other traditional RPGs where, you know, first few levels, most fights are like, are we going to get by? Well, man, I almost that one almost got me. You know, like the fights are, are desperate enough that you might not, uh, you know, have enough overpowering force to start taking captives. But at some point before fourth or fifth level, there's a goblin or a kobold or a someone, a bandit or a cultist or whatever that ends up knocked out. The last one got that got gotten, <laughs> you know, they, they tried to run, but a whole person or a hideous laughter or whatever, uh, you know, ended up in the player's clutches. They've pumped them for information. You may or may not have uh, had a bunch of uh, intimidation roles or torture scenes or something involved in that. Um, now, what to do with them? Are they going to be, you know, murder hobos and, you know, dispose of this logistical problem, uh, you know, with a little uh, with a little knife work? Or are they going to be beneficent uh, heroes that they are and turn them over to the lawful authorities? And speaking of criminal organizations, the you know, idea of lawful authorities and, and like a place to put them is also very uh, modern. You know, jails were before uh, uh, modern era. They're called dungeons. <laughs> they're, they're dank holes in the ground. They suck. Or boats, uh, boats that are no longer seaworthy. They just sit out in the middle of a lake or a river and you're just chained inside them um, with no fresh air. <laughs> just, it sucks. <laughs> uh, you know, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, to me, the, the thing of taking prisoners is if it's been established in the setting that this is what you do, then there's all kinds of things you could do with the prisoners other than take them to jail. You can ransom them. You can hire them yourself. You can be like, hey, you want to work for me now? Uh, you can take all their stuff and tell them to get out of here. Uh, you, can, you, can, you, know, you can turn them over to whoever the rightful authority is, whatever knight or baron or mage lord or priest king or whatever uh, that, uh, that rules here. And then they're there. that's their problem. And in the context of a scenario where it's like, you know, two sides at war, there might be established, uh, you know, what to do whenever uh, there's prisoners taken. And, you know, I wouldn't, I also wouldn't sweat that they kill prisoners in a fantasy game. It's make-believe. And most of what it is just gives people just playing, you know, <laughs> doing it. They got other things going on in their life. They just want to play some make-believe for a while. And if they look at something like, oh, well, it's, I don't want this goblin getting its friends and isn't it evil anyway and you know part of the fantasy is that you can just say yeah it's a goblin it's evil it's black and white it's, you know it's fantasy and that's it and then we don't lose sleep over it and like but i also have experiences as a dm where i'm like i don't want my pcs tortured and murdered I, I like these npcs i definitely went through a period of time where i stopped giving a shit at all about my npcs because every time they talk to one of the players that you know they were just like a <laughs> not enough information away from an initiative role and getting uh, ganked. And I just tired of making overpowered NPCs because it didn't seem fair, you know? So I understand that. Like I want to, but also it's like, this is a problem real people in the real world have had to deal with. And it's come to some gruesome conclusions. Maybe your game isn't grimdark. Um, I see, I see why the appeal of like, 
having enemies fight to zero hit points all the time everybody fights to the death just like solves all this but it also creates its own weird narrative itself it also you know it's it defies credulity <laughs> defies you know like you know reinforces a whole mentality of this is just like a, a shallow game that isn't you know that isn't supposed to be something um more uh, and it can be that but it can also be something more and i think if you take your your game seriously if you want something more out of it and you use morale and you let players take prisoners and you just let the players do what they're going to do and this the, they can deal with both the outcome and the consequences and if they want to act like heroes then they will behave heroically they will behave nobly um you know this is one of those things about like alignment and the like that that always used to to get me is is I mean, you write whatever you want on your character sheet but when it comes down to it like when in this matters we're going to go through your character's actions and decide what your alignment is what you wrote on your sheet is aspirational and i you know the, the getting this over on uh, on the players who were like well i wrote chaotic good on the sheet and it's like well that's great but you've not, not been playing them as very good like the good part is when have you acted selflessly you know when have you gone out of your way to help others and i think like that's it's one of those things about playing a game in any game where you give the players the the freedom to play their characters however they want but they're not yet ready for whatever reason to accept that now i'm giving a personal example for me from troika where yeah, i'm playing this character who has just the most the most terrible skills there's that kitten again that was probably my minis collection um, <laughs> and like i try not to get into combat because a failed role the enemy damages you you know every role is a chance somebody's going to get hurt there are no whiffs in this game and so every time you say i attack you are accepting the risk that the enemy will beat you in your opposed role and and deal damage to you and so the times that I fought, I do not fight fair. I fight from behind a barricade I built on hurling <laughs> flammable liquids and, you know, dropping rocks on people and leading them into like, because I, that's all I got. I'm, I'm not going to stand in, a, I'm not going to go in a toe-to-toe -to -toe fair fight with them. But we were fighting these mole things. They're probably sentient, right? They had tools. They were communicating with each other. Um, but you know, my character didn't know anything about any of this, you know, it's from earth, from our earth, not fantasy earth, <laughs> you know, it's just like, what is going on here? Um, they're just, they're bipedal giant mole creatures and he, you know, killed seven or eight of them. And like, to me, it, it, <laughs> when we found out like, oh yeah, they're, they really like, they live here and they're, they're they're uh, potentially like an intelligent, uh, you know, sentient species. I, you know, I, it was just like, okay, well that like, now that I know I'm, I'm not going to go back in there and try to like root them out and kill them. That just doesn't seem like some, I don't want to take the game there. And it just, it, to me, it's, it's a, it's something that it's, I, I'm, I like about the game. It's like, I can, I make that choice. Uh, if I wanted to behave heroically, if I wanted to seek a nonviolent you know, solution, then you know I had an opportunity to try that. And I think it's the same way with like D and D, where you can say like, yeah, they're, if you want that lawful good, you have to you have to behave that way, you have to act that way. 
and they kind of there's some alignments that sort of require everybody in the party being okay with some of those things you know with with, with those you know decisions that that uh, player's making sometimes you butt heads and i don't know i i, I found it's like i don't know i'm way lost in my own weeds but it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just being able to give the players the freedom to make their own choices means that they have to live with them uh, and, and what that means. And a lot of times the dilemma of, of a prisoner is like, well, what do we do with this prisoner? We're, we're supposed to be good, but we, but like, really we want to, you know, kill this care, you know, uh, this NPC, this monster, you know, cause we don't want it coming back and biting us in the ass. We still want that good. And I don't know. It's like, Either you play in a world where that's an evil creature, no matter what you do to it, it's all right because it's an evil creature. You sleep well at night, or it isn't, and you—that's that's the fun of it—is dealing with that. Um, I like that because, to me, in a morally gray fantasy world, it's like every creature we come across that we don't kill is like on our side. We can get we can get them on our side potentially, like even if they're going to betray us. You know, and rat us out to their uh, their crew. We could still like get information out of them, and you know, we don't have to bloody our hands with it. Uh, there's other things we can do. We can use it to our advantage. We know what they're gonna bring back to their buddies. We could feed false information back to them. You know, if we're worried about them running and squealing. You know, come on, prisoner exchange. You don't want to ransom. You know, your kobolds back. <laughs> We'll give you these kobolds back. And when we do, we get to move freely through your territory. You know, that kind of thing. That's how you get faction intrigue, uh, is when you let, because you take prisoners. Anyway, I don't know. I'm, I, I just, I, I was, I, I see all the time people are like, don't let them take prisoners. They're just going to torture them. They're just going to kill them. Oh. You know, it's like, all right, let them. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's see if there's another one time we got. Yeah, we got some time. Uh, yeah, we do have another question to follow oh, up yeah. um, from my get man, who are let's barbarian. Going back to my barbarian, a final yeah. time. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got a negative charisma modifier, and yet I find myself as the party's face. I, I tend to play him as using half-truths more than lies. I'm not going to hurt you, has an implied I'm going to kill you after it. Yeah, have you yeah. ever played a character like this? And if so, how did you do it? I did. I played a seven charisma ranger who, because of my play style, I ended up the party's face. And I was voted uh, the party's ambassador by the rest of the party. <laughs> as well. I did it by role-playing my character as being just clueless. And it helped that it was at late at night and I could just run my mouth and... Normally, I have to really rein it in, uh, especially when I play late at night. I will spotlight steal. I'll jump in on every scene. I'll, you know, just the impulsiveness is, is the is, doesn't have a break that late at night. And so I, I, I don't like stealing the spotlight, but there are times when I like sharing it and like, hey, we could do this together. You know, because uh, I also like inviting other PCs on my solo missions and things like that. Like, hey, let's let's do this together. You want to go to Baba Yaga's hut, stir up some trouble? You want to go find some dark fairies and cause trouble for them? So, uh, my character's deal was as a gloom stalker, they were the Batman to the unseely Fae court. Like that's their their whole deal was like they're they are the boogeyman's boogeyman, um, Baba Yaga's enforcer. 
uh, for all the other, you know, pumpkin jack and, and all, you know, quicklings, all these other little uh, fairies that are doing her dirty work. Um, they don't want to see me coming because they can't because uh, I've got invisibility to their dark vision. And so I ended up talking a lot. <laughs> and I really just let myself go and, and um, found a way to put my foot in my mouth every scene if I could. Uh, whether that was referencing something from another player that, or for another character that would just not be appropriate uh, at that time. I did a lot of checking in with my fellow players just to make sure you know, I wasn't stepping on too many toes uh, playing a character with negative, <laughs> negative charisma. Yes, that is uh, but I, I like this suggestion too of like half truths rather than lies, like, uh, like lies of omission, right? Of just, yeah. You, you uh, let the other person, you know, think about the, <laughs> the implied threat or, or you know, what wasn't said uh, as more of uh, a way of, of getting around the fact that you're going to be talking. You want to, uh, you know, <laughs> be the party face. Uh, you might invest in some charisma skills at some point if you feel like spending a character option uh, on that or not. And just like, like what minus one minus two how bad is it come on it's not that bad d20 roll it's all over the place baby you know <laughs> there's no telling what you'll roll yeah i was gonna say one. you know even if you quote unquote like slip up on occasion that's yeah. why even the most uncharismatic mo person has their moments where they come uh -huh. up as cool or collective oh, yeah. or, only or, or neat so only minus one yeah I, i've rolled i've had negative outcomes before where i look at a dm <laughs> it was like i got a negative one on this uh die roll <laughs> so yeah only negative one so what you're not gonna get a 20 you're not gonna beat anything that's what hard difficulty that's all right yeah. you still, you'll still do all right yeah just think uh, that you're uh, rolling a die every time yeah, so yeah, it's just don't, a tie roll. don't feel on. too obligated to play the, the yeah, score yeah. either. Come on. Also, like for real though, how many times have you played D D where it was like you just didn't I, I don't know, like to me D the way D D plays now, it's like I'm gonna pass most of my rolls anyway. Like, I, built my, <laughs> I built I put my highest stat and my attack stat and I I I I'm using a weapon. I've got you know, like the way the game's sort of set up. It, there's a lot of success. It's easy to get advantage. <laughs> I liked failing a lot because it just made for more interesting things happening. Yeah. And a lot of that was my DM willing to to uh, to run with it. Especially and, uh, on social stuff. Like yeah, it yeah, can so, only lead to more fun things. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oops, did I was I not supposed to reveal that? My bad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> things like that. Just yeah. just someone who completely lacking burps, farts picks their nose, you know, yes, <laughs> talks over. Have like no social cues whatsoever. Really, the biggest thing is how much are you willing to piss your other players <laughs> off? That's their you, tolerance they, of it hey, is the they made biggest you, you, break. That's right. If anybody else wants to step up and talk, go for it. Hey, as long as you're the face. Yeah. You know, they could have asked a paladin or a bard to do this, you know. Rogue could have dropped their second uh, highest stat in charisma instead mm, of constitution. Sure. <laughs> All right, I love it. Hey, that's yeah. I think that's really cool. I'm uh, Slain was one of my favorite characters. Uh, that was on uh, one of the Kobold Press games I played in. I really, really um, like. I, I'm not usually into the 
character as self-expression. Uh, most of my characters are like, I, I'm not going to give them a name till I sit down and play kind of thing. Like, we'll be lucky if by session three I've got a backstory. You know, I'm, I'm here for the game that we're playing and I'll get super into it and the like, but I don't often get like really into my character except over the long term. Um, but this one was one where I was like, I just looked at the character. I was like, I'm just going to channel my 16 year old myself. Just, just every half baked memory I have of, <laughs> of being 16. That's, that's this character. Um, so it was really, uh, really fun. I love playing a, a charisma penalty character. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's interesting because it starts begging the question of like, what do these scores mean? Yeah, you know, know. what is yeah. what do these things mean that um, that you know they 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 so define a character? They've come, they've, they really have. But in the beginning, they're just like a bonus to your experience points, right? Like they, you don't even get like a bonus to hit or damage from strength uh, when D and D's first arrived. Yeah, it takes a few supplements to get that. It's um... and. There's no other counts. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, I, you know, we might as well be talking about the scores of fighting, magic, uh, wilderness, larceny, you know, like those could easily be your stats, you know, survive, you know, like toughness or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and charisma is one of those things where I, I really struggle yeah. to be like, I, I really have a hard time separating this from its skill proficiencies it's it's weird because you know? then that also for certain classes is how good you are at magic so it's like well yeah I yeah built, i mean i built a charisma strong character because that's my my attack modifier that doesn't mean i need to come off as this super yeah. charismatic and it's it's a weird dichotomy where yeah it plays yeah. into the game's fighting mechanics but also supposedly plays into your social skills so and it means something completely different if we're rolling a save yeah yeah it's, the, really, it's yeah. a whole other thing it's like like and if like, really it's one of those things where it's like the wisdom is the stat that that is the the giveaway because when you're rolling a check for wisdom it's about perception and insight mm -hmm. how you uh take in the external world and, and attune yourself to it. And really all of the wisdom-based skills have some element of that, like uh, medicine, right? Like it's yeah. weird. Like why is it medicine intelligence? intelligence yeah. But it's about how in tune you are with the, your patient, how, how well you're able to connect with them. Uh, that's to me, that's why it's the same. Uh, you, you get the same bonus as that. If you're proficient in insight into, mm -hmm how you know what's their behavior like yeah or you know uh, i think animal uh animal handling is wisdom yeah you know? maybe uh, i can't remember i think like there's like five wisdom based skills yeah. anyway but so like those are the skills but then wisdom as a saving throw is about your willpower mm -hmm. it's about you know it, yeah. yeah unless that's charisma which is unless, your willpower. yeah so it gets fuzzy <laughs> Never yeah, feel, I really. I would just say never feel too play into it if it's fun for you, yeah. definitely. But yeah, never yeah. feel like you're doing a bad job if you yeah. break the kind of dumb persona that maybe you feel like you want to try with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah especially charisma because it just there's still people who are, who are like, yeah. oh, this is your what your character looks like. Which sure, that's another I, thing. I, yeah. That was one of those that the first time I had a a, a fellow player was like. Well, you can't be good looking because you only have like a, a nine charisma. It's like I'm an elf. What are you talking about? 
Like, have you not read Lord of the Rings? They're all gorgeous. They're all beautiful. That's why I'm playing an elf, you know, (laughs) because they're cool and they look good doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And so, then this whole argument and the DM was, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, it could be separated separated out into two stats. And I was we were playing Uh, second at the time, so every stat did have two. Uh, <laughs> uh, every stat did have two substats, which had to be within one of the other. So if you had a 15, one could be a 14, the other is 16. Yeah. It just, I, to, get, I, to me, you just need three stats. Uh, you need a physical, spiritual, and magic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you, I think I've talked about this before that yeah. the reason we still have these is because of. It was in the first edition, so we have to stick with the core abilities and weird modifiers and all that stuff, I feel like. Yeah, um, yeah. Design then, has evolved from that. Yeah, yeah. Then, but, you know. It's why I like playing the no supplements, um, three little little books uh, of d because you can build up from there whatever mm-hmm. you want. Yeah. You don't have to, like, do a bunch of stripping out and whatever. Because I, I really do. The ability scores is where I'm, like, scratching my head I'm yeah. like, oh, I, yeah. I don't the more i'm more and more i'm like especially with the way fifth edition is like yeah you can have these characters who you, we're dumping strength and int man yeah. like people talk about people are like oh fourth edition broke with dungeons and dragons tradition oh no 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 fifth edition for four editions of D strength and enter the king of the stats mm. Right, like if yeah. it's not one or the other, you're screwed. Like, what are you going to be a thief? <laughs> Good luck. Oh, double damage if you get to backstab. All right, whatever. No, if, if fighter or magic users, where it's at, you know, and it, to for it to be yeah, honestly, thinking about it at the meta level, it's it's weird because it used to be nerds and nerds versus jocks, right? Strength versus int. Sure. Now, it's drama kids all the way ruling it. Yeah. You know. So I don't know. D and D's new beast has been for a while now so anyway (laughs) yeah have fun that's the ultimate that's yeah Yeah. have fun is always the ultimate answer always absolutely (laughs) all right guys i think that might be it for me i might be punching my clock talk talk clock wow that was a good one here at nine before i completely lose all capacity for verbal communication <laughs> yeah, thank you everyone for the questions in chat. Thank you for the awesome. questions on from the Wednesday live stream. Yeah. And uh this episode will be a podcast if you missed it on Wednesday, so you can go back and listen to all of the wonderful Absolutely. Talk. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so thank you Jim. Have a wonderful night. Thank My you pleasure. chat. And we will see you later. All right. Bye.